Hello and welcome to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship from Beyond. Founded by revenue management veterans from the airline and hospitality industries, Beyond is the leading revenue management software for vacation rental owners and managers. Listen in for the mid-episode break where you can find out how Beyond can help you and your vacation rental business. Let's get started. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello and welcome. And today we are talking to Andrew McConnell from Rented. But we're not talking about his business. We are talking about his new book, Get Out of My Head, which is shortly to be published. I've read the book. It's amazing. And I want to share some of that with you and discuss with Andrew some of the great things that are in the book that's going to be so helpful to you. So without further ado... This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. I was super excited last week to see that the Vacation Rental Success Podcast had reached number 200 in the top business podcasts released by Chartable. And there's over 5,000 podcasts that they rank. And so to make, you know, 200 might seem a long way down the list, but actually 200 is pretty darn good. We were super, super chuffed. And thank you all of you for listening because it's your listens and it's your downloads and it's your feedback that help us to push this up. So we went up five points, which got us into this top 200 list. My next aim, of course, is to get into the top 100. So keep listening and thank you for that. Thank you for your feedback when you give it. Probably remind you about that at the end. Hey, what books are you reading now? You know, I've been away for four or five months over the winter and I took a ton of books away with me. I tell you that most of the the fiction ones, the beach books that I used to read a lot, uh, they got untouched. I did not pick a single book up. And you know, when I was sat outside in the sunshine in Alabama while my friends up here in Ontario were, were coping with the cold and the snow... I was reading Marcus Aurelius and Seneca and Epictetus. These are the Stoics, the ancient Greeks and Romans who were writing such amazing stuff all that time ago. And I learned so much while I was there. So I'm not advising you all to go out and buy Marcus Aurelius's Meditations or Breakfast with Seneca, two of the books that I've been reading. But I am suggesting that if you're not doing it now, that you make it a habit to read a business book, something that is is improving. It gets you thinking about how you deal with life and business and everything else. A book I've currently got on the go is called Canine Enrichment. Reason being is that I've just got a rescue dog from Egypt 
And I'm learning how to train that dog, how to make my German Shepherd a good member of society, have great manners, and also to keep her busy. She's a working dog. She needs a job. So I'm reading canine enrichment because that's helping me with that. And my friend Sarah Sukal, who you've heard on the on the show, um, has the Facebook group Dogs Welcome, sent me a note yesterday saying, you know, asking how Britta was doing. And I said, well, she's still a bit timid and shy. So she sent me a note about, well, you try, try this book. It's a book on how to deal with fearful dogs. I immediately downloaded the Kindle edition. I got heavily into that last night. So I love nonfiction, always have loved to learn from them. The one book I have learned a huge amount from, and I got a, an early copy of it, was Andrew McConnell's Get Out of My Head. And I absolutely love this book. I think everybody needs to read it. And because of that, I've invited Andrew along, not only to give us his six-monthly review and forecast on the industry. As you know, if you listen to the podcast, Andrew comes on in around about December, the first, well, the 1st of January. In fact, I try and uh, kick off the year with a conversation with Andrew. And then we do the same thing, usually around about the end of, of June at the six month mark. But because he has his book coming out, I wanted to get in there early, do a review of the book and speak to him about it. You know, what was the background to it? What made him want to write this? And what sort of impact has it had on his company, Rented? So without further ado, let's move on over to my discussion with Andrew McConnell. And, oh, and I almost forgot, as I have done in the last eight weeks or so of episodes, we will be breaking in the middle of the interview for me to ask a question of our sponsor, Beyond. And Ryan Saylor is going to be telling us about some of their customers' successes with the product Beyond. So listen out for that around about the midway through the interview. Well, I'm super excited to have with me again, Andrew McConnell from rented.com. As you know, Andrew comes on to the podcast every six months, uh, notably on the first, he's the first episode of each new year to talk about the business, the way, what we've seen in the past six months, what we perhaps see in the next six months. And we explore what is happening. Today is going to be a little bit different because Andrew has his first published book coming out on June the 14th. And I've read it. I've been very lucky to have uh, an advanced glance at it, which is more than a glance because, you know, I've, I've read through thoroughly several chapters. I've gone through a little bit more quickly the later chapters, but I can see from what I've read so far that this is is going to be a bestseller because if it grips me, then it's got to be pretty good. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm the one that just uh, picks up a book, skims through it and then throws it down and never looks at it again. So, Andrew, you've passed the first test with me. Well, thank you. What an introduction. It's <laughs> as if I ever need an excuse to catch up with you, but this has been amazing so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for joining me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. How is Paradise? Paradise is pretty fantastic. We've been trying to get 
more and more people to come visit us. And my roommate from college actually just confirmed he's coming out in a couple of weeks. So I'm very excited for that. We've already been planning all sorts of dinners and beach parties and all sorts of stuff. You should, you should probably say where you are. Oh, yes. So in <laughs> uh, two years ago, we're, we're just extended into our third year of a one-month visit to Bermuda, where we came out when borders were closed. My wife's English. She couldn't get to see her family. They couldn't come to see her, but we could both clear in Bermuda. We got here, said, wait, if we're not going to the office, why don't we not go to the office from an island? And... Our daughter's in school. She's going to start first grade. She's already uh, finishing up kindergarten here this year. And we just, we, we've really loved it. Uh, so is is this permanent? It's, it's uh, I mean, you're into th- three years now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, we, we were just talking before we jumped on of there's no moment but the present. And mm-hmm. so it is, it is now. Yes. So I, permanent is, it is now. Well, yeah. we're, we're going to come on to that because it, it it's... It's something that is integral to the book, you know, talking about being in the present. We spend so much time living in the past or planning for the future and nowhere near enough time just being in the now. Uh, So we're going to be touching on that. But before we do, I guess we should do a quick discussion on what's happened over the past six months and in, in, this, yeah. in this business, because that's what we do at this time of year. And I do think that is actually a good segue as well, um, because from our experience, very much with homeowners, with many, many managers, the context they're in is very much focused on the past two years, a lot of times the past 12 to 18 months. And with so many people buying properties at record prices, with rental rates, rental demand at record rates, they had these unrealistic expectations of what every single year would look like. And as we revert closer to normal, still up, like if you look at long-term trends, still significantly up, it feels like a downturn. And people are starting to get really scared. Uh, Wait, people can actually travel elsewhere. Oh, gas is more expensive. Maybe they're not going to drive to some of these places as much as they used to. And rates are still higher than they've ever gotten before, but the occupancy is not the same. You know, you couldn't triple your rate on 2019 rates and fully book out six months in advance because people were freaking out. And so this is where being present for us, right? Rented, we're in revenue management and pricing. It really is, it doesn't matter what happened last year. It doesn't matter what happened two years ago. What matters right now is the market, is the demand for the market, is looking at your competitive set, looking at, is it even a pricing issue? We have clients in certain markets, they're saying, we need a lower rate. So you say, you're bottomed out on rates. Going any lower right now on rates is not going to do anything. There's only 27% occupancy for this period for all your area. It's, it's not a price thing. People aren't coming because of price. They're choosing not to go here this time of year. And that, that's really hard for a lot of people mm. to, to hear because they're so focused on what happened in the past. And, you know, in terms of where that takes you for the future, I think the, the managers that are really going to succeed are the ones that are able to tell that story to owners well, mm-hmm. to be able to explain, here's the market, here's how the market's working here. I may look like I'm down 15% on 2021, but if you look at what the market, the market's down 20%. I'm 
actually net up. So here's why you're still better off working with me mm-hmm. than someone else or trying to do it yourself because I'm still overperforming the market. And that's the important thing. Are you doing the best job you can given the current circumstances? It's so interesting you say that because just after this recording, an hour after this recording, I'm going to what we call, we, we do a lunch and learn Zoom, okay. Zoom meeting with our owners. Okay. And, and any other owners who are out there interested in, in finding out more about the business. And today's topic is exactly that. And we're, <laughs> it's so interesting to hear you say that because, you know, it is the topic of, of today's lunch and learn. And, and I'd encourage, you know, property owners to, to, to take this, uh, property managers, to take this approach. You know, if you, you're, you're probably talking to your owners independently, but, mm-hmm. but go out there and be the voice of what's happening in business in any in different ways. I mean, we've talked about safety, we've talked about marketing, and today we're talking about pricing. And it's actually bringing more owners in because they are they're coming to these Zoom meetings, they're hearing the the, the voice of experience, and then we find that they sign up with us after that. Yeah, and that's that's why it's so important what you're doing because you're doing it proactively, right? So many people not good manager, but so many people wait until an owner complains. They try to avoid interacting with owners until there's a problem. Uh-huh. But going out and saying, no, 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 I, I want to build this relationship. I want to help demonstrate my expertise and how important that is of demonstrating the expertise before it's a problem. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's proved to us over and over again how, how well that works. Anyway, so, so we've got that issue. What else? We've seen lots of activity in M&A over the past six months. Yes, uh, actually. So just as you know, that we're recording this on a, a day that's the final presentations due for VRMA International. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, I did mine this morning. <laughs> Yeah. So we submitted a new one actually just today um, on this very much around this M&A. So it's for scaling for the rest of us. If you haven't raised hundreds of millions of dollars and don't intend to raise hundreds of millions of dollars, how do you grow? And we have people from Europe. We have people who you know started with one property and over three decades built up their business, but not using outside money, right? Just building mm-hmm. good businesses and really doing a panel with, hey, what does growth look like in this world where you have some hugely deep pockets and then you have others that are having to grow in a, a totally different way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think we're going to continue to see that. M&A. I mean, it, it's just, there's a whole generation of people that they're ready to retire, right? They've been working hard for a long time. There's money pouring into the space. There's opportunity to do it. And so that is going to continue to happen. I think as Simon Lehman, as others have said in the past, for every company that gets bought, more start that week. Yes. So everybody knows this is a very difficult business, but not Everybody who's in it knows that. Not everybody who's not in it knows that. So lots of people jumping in, uh, starting companies, and then you it's like the boiling the frog. You know, you, you just take on more and more work um, as you get in. So I, I don't think, I think it's a good thing for the industry. It'll, it'll create more awareness, uh, which is gonna be really big. I mean, the, when you talk about 2022 is not the same as 21, 2020, 
there's one thing that I think is playing hugely in our favor, in all of our favors. And that is if you looked at focus rate data from 2009, 7% of travelers had stayed in a vacation rental. And people who did loved it and they came back and it was great. Right now, 81% of millennials have already stayed in an Airbnb or mm -hmm. vacation rental. And we know how sticky it is and that's just gonna grow. So the long-term trends for this industry could not be stronger. Do not freak out on a single season or a single year. That's easier said than done if you're a homeowner that bought at the peak of the real estate market and need the cash flow to float the mortgage. That That's its own issue. This is, there are a lot of people reaching out to me trying to start funds and buy up properties right at the peak. And I said, look, I get the math works right now when rental incomes are so high. But the only thing that's gonna be constant every year from here on out is how much you paid for that home. And that rental income's not gonna be constant. They're gonna be ups mm -hmm. and downs. So I would just be hesitant to buy too much at this, I think, peak of the market. Not everybody listened to me, unfortunately, but that's, that's <laughs> part for the course. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just, there's a lot happening a lot happening and it's exciting i i couldn't make it to the vrma spring forum but gathered that the were you there i was there yeah, yeah it was a good one yeah, yeah. it sounded it sounded like there was a lot of energy there and people there's a lot of money there <laughs> so one one manager i mean real money is so there were people doing meetings in other hotels you could tell like real investor money coming in one investor group I was not invited to this dinner, but a, a manager showed up, you know, with his, his branded t-shirt and everything the next day. And he, he had been running out to a dinner and he said, yeah, I felt, I felt kind of like a jerk. Cause I, I went to this dinner, just kind of dressed how I am. And I was 30 minutes late and this, that, and the other. And it, it was this one of the best restaurants and all this. I was like, oh yeah, what? Like Alinea? And he goes, oh yes, it was called Alinea. I said, wait. <laughs> That is literally the number one ranked restaurant in the world. You know, you have to, it opens and there's months and months of waiting list. It's impossible to get in there. And this investor had taken a bunch of managers there just splashing money out. You know, this is like $800 a person dinner. So it, it, there's real money yeah. getting interested here. Wow. Well, well, clearly it's, it, as you said, you know, <laughs> this is a business, this is a business to be in. It's not going away. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. The, the long-term trends all play in our favor. I, I, I really think that, um, you know, I, w I want to explore this a little bit more. Um, I think we'll come back and do our six-monthly episode probably in, in a few weeks' time because, you know, I, I want to devote the rest of this episode to your book. Thank uh, you. Yeah, sorry, is... I get so excited about the industry too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's why I love talking to people like this and it's just like everybody's like yes 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 things are, yeah. you know it's it's going strong regardless of 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 what those stats are saying for right now you know we're all experiencing that that same same sort of thing I was I was talking to Lance and Elaine Stitcher uh last yeah. week and it, they could have been easily talking about our company here in Ontario and and they're of course in uh Ocean City and Chincoteague right. Island yeah. Maryland and but it was, you know, identical. And I've talked to somebody in Florida, and it's identical. We're, we're all going through exactly the same things. But, it, but it's not dampening anybody's enthusiasm. Yeah, and that's, that's good. That's yeah. Better. So, get out of my head. 
is the title of your book and I mean we started talking about this a while back you told me about it and I was I was saying I got interested in the Stoics yeah. I'd, I'd bought Marcus Aurelius meditations I was reading breakfast with Seneca I've got epic epic Titus's you know little the little book a kindrian a kindrian yeah 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 the, the one the, the manual the manual <laughs> yes a manual for life and yeah. these come out now in words that we can understand and, and i was just saying in the introduction while i was away down south over the winter i wasn't sitting outside with beach books <laughs> you know somebody walked past and i'm i'm sitting with my breakfast with seneca and yeah. and reading about you know reading the things that were written so many hundreds of years ago about what we're experiencing now and how to handle it so we had this discussion a while back about the stoics and your interest in it and this is what you really based get out of my head on so it was fantastic to read you talk in the book about renting your mind you know, mind renting. Can you describe? Can you describe what mind renting actually means? Yeah. Well, there there are two ways to do it. So you can rent to other people, or I think the the more common and kind of the default state is you've given it over to other people. You've given it to the news cycle. You've given it to social media. You've given it to what happened at work last week or what's going to happen, and then you're renting back fragments of it. So instead of actually owning your mind and deciding, okay, here's the value of my mind. Here's who I'm going to rent to. Here's what they're going to have to give in return for getting a part of my mind. You end up just giving it away and you're the renter. And so I think there's no bigger problem for individuals or for society than this concept of mind rentership, that people are renting their only asset that they can ever actually own. Our body can get sick, as all of us have learned all too well the past couple of years. It can get hurt, anything can happen. Uh, physical possessions, even billionaires can have them confiscated, as we've learned very recently. But our mind is the one thing that we can and should own, and yet we give it away all too freely and easily. And I think I think the great example of that, and you quote a lot of people in your book. You quote Jack Dorsey, um, Twitter. I mean, that could be updated, of course. Now Taylor uh, Swift, <laughs> Taylor Swift, Jeff Bezos, and and Viktor Frankl, of course, um, yes. with his book *Man's Search for Meaning*. And what you've just been saying is exactly what Viktor Frankl was talking about in *Man's Search for Meaning*. Um, if any if anybody out there has not read that book. Do it. It's not a long it's read. It, yeah. it, it is a phenomenal book. Viktor Frankl was imprisoned in a Nazi uh, concentration camp uh, or camps. And you, you, you just just summarize that um, for me, Andrew. Yeah, Viktor Frankl was an Austrian psychologist. So, uh, and he had this book that with him uh, when he was arrested and then put into concentration camps and, and moved around and then ultimately had it confiscated. But man's search for meaning is very much how he got through, right? When everything is falling apart around you, I mean, in, in the most dire, dire circumstances, the back to that mindset 
of being realistic about your chances, but not being overly pessimistic, right? The people who just gave up all hope and what happened. And it's just the beauty of the human spirit when you have that why. You know, so much comes back to the why. If you know why you're doing this and, and getting out this belief system, this, this psychological system um, was, was his why, right? Even as his family is taken away, his family is murdered, he, what got him through. And, and ultimately, not only did he survive, but, you know, here we are. 80 years after the fact talking about the impact he's had on our lives mm-hmm. and we're ones of millions um, that, that he did that. And so his why had such a long lasting impact. Well, in the, in the show notes is going to be a reading list and uh, get out of, um, get out of my head is right at the top of it. Um, but you'll see a man's search for meaning on there too. So, you know, click on that, go and check it out on Amazon and, and just download it, read it. Put it on your bedside table. Yeah. Okay, I just I just want to cover the fact that Rented is the name of your company. Right. And you use Rented and your experience with that and your previous company, Vacation Futures, throughout the book to illustrate the points you're making. So how did adopting a stoic approach to your business change the way you saw it and yourself in it so this is sort of the book in a nutshell really isn't it yeah so i mean there there are two answers here so one is the the reason for the framing right so much of it from personal stories in my experience is i'm not an academic right i'm not a full-time writer i'm running a company and uh so how I got into this is my personal experience. So it starts with the personal experience, but then it tries to pull back and say, well, this is this universal thing. Here's the science behind it. Here's the stoicism behind it. And then take people far more impressive than me to then illustrate it in far more serious circumstances. So the founder of DocuSign or the head of recruitment and training for the Navy SEALs or Martin Luther King's daughter with building the King Center and really making it actionable and practical and then exercises on the back end. But how it helped me in my business, right? I, I think anybody who's a business owner, probably a lot of people listening to this, it is when you talk about the the power of now, the presence of now, in the now of running a business, it is a complete roller coaster, right? Any given moment, if you, you, you're doing your one to 10 ranking, it can spike up and down and up and down. And that's exhausting and not necessarily helpful. And the stoic, the mind runner approach of, wait, just because a client did this or because the tech did that or because this might have happened or might not happen, being able to separate yourself, detach yourself from that and just be able to focus on what is it that I control? Mm-hmm. It's my thoughts, my actions. Okay, these are objective things that have happened. What might happen, what might not, that, that outside of my control, but here's what's happened. Now here's what I can do. And it, especially early to mid 2020, being able to take that and apply it with the team and really try to push out all that other noise and say, no, 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 we're going to focus down. Here's where we can play. Let's get all this other stuff out of our head. Let's just go right, right here and, and execute and work. And it made a huge difference. I think not just for me personally, but I think for the business and for the people working in the business. 
We're just breaking here to have a word from our sponsor, from Ryan Saylor of Beyond, who is going to answer my question about success strategies and, and uh, his customers' successes. So we're back with Ryan Saylor at Beyond, and I want to ask today, Ryan, if you've got any real examples of property managers' success when using Beyond. We all want to hear what other people are seeing and the success they're having. Yeah, absolutely. So from a from a pricing tool standpoint, we see quite a few initial wins when people uh, are coming from maybe a more basic strategy where they're setting some flat rates year over year and just accounting for increases. People find quick wins anywhere of, of ADRs up 10, 20, 30, even 40% on certain days and certain listings when immediately starting to use a dynamic pricing tool. So those pretty much happen right away. Uh, you can easily plug into the pricing tool and see even before we start taking over your pricing strategy, what we're recommending for your listing and be able to monitor and review. Um, and then once we we sort of push out that pricing strategy and let it shop around on the internet really for, for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, you can start to see quick wins. We actually highlight uh, directly in the tool top bookings that you've made with Beyond. So we sort of compare, okay, since starting with Beyond, here's what we've been able to do for you. And here are really the wins. So it, it really depends on where you're coming from, but we can typically expect anywhere between 20 and 40% revenue lift for our users, depending on the market, the time of year, all that good stuff. But really everybody who's using the tool is getting that more advanced pricing strategy in a really easy to maintain way that they really weren't getting before, which is super important for our users. Well, thank you. Those are some great numbers there in terms of revenue lift. And if that doesn't convince people, I'm not sure what will. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Let's continue with this, you know, point of power is in your present. And there is, you say, there is no past or future you. There is only the you right now. And I was thinking of that when I got a, an email the other day from someone who's who then they asked the question i've heard this before when will i know it's time to quit the day job and work on this business full time and you actually you you uh, approach that exact thing in the book in chapter 10 and you talk about that moment when you make that decision yeah it's uh was it Bronnie's the top regrets of dying right and and what people regret is much more rarely what they did. Man, I'm really, I really wish I didn't do that. It's the things they didn't do and not living true to themselves and their values and their dreams for whatever the circumstances were. And, you know, illustrated with Jeff Bezos or Catherine Petralia, who founded Cabbage that they sold for nearly a billion to American Express, back to when is the time right? Well, there's only one time and the time is now. And so the time is right now. Uh, and it's it ties a little bit as when you talk about starting the business, et cetera, to another chapter on lowering the bar to get started in terms of there's not going to be a perfect time. There is only now. And then once you make the action, make the decision, it's then executing on it. It's just committing and seeing it through and doing the work and learning and improving and if you're already asking that question, you know what you want, right? And it's, you only get this one life to pursue that. So why not give it a chance? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. You tell a wonderful story about um, yourself uh, and vacation futures and starting out and then getting the call to right. say, hey, I've got a ton of money for you if you do this Just job. throwing money, right? Just take everything. Yeah, so I, I finally, right, did to this, when do you quit your J job? And had convinced my wife and had gotten the conviction and all that. And I want to say less than a month in, the CEO of my former company reaches out and says, hey, we're, we're really desperate. This client really needs your skill set. It's, it's only going to be for this period of time. It's only going to be for this number of hours per week. It's we're willing to pay this price and doing the math. It's 10x what they were paying me when I was there, which you know raised separate questions of if that was my value, why was I making this other number? Uh, and my wife got very mad that we didn't discuss it, but stone cold on the call, I said, yeah, no, I can't do it. I, I've committed. I'm going to see this out, right? It's This wasn't about the money in the first place. It was, this is my dream. I'm going to go all in on it right now. And if, if I slip back now, I don't know if I'll ever build up that courage and that conviction to do it again. Yeah. And you stuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 10 years later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that's great. Um, you just mentioned perfectionism and I'd, I'd got written down here. My favorite chapter is chapter 12, lowering the bar and avoiding the perfection trap. And the big thing I got out of that was that it's not perfect. It's perfect. Perfect, perfect. is the verb. <laughs> yeah. I never thought about it like that. You know, and I, because I live in analysis paralysis, you know, I'm, I'm producing a course at the moment. It was due to go out two years ago. It was all ready to go and then COVID hit and we just abandoned it. And, and I kept wanting to start it again. It's not quite right. And I've got to make sure I've got it all finished before anybody gets to see it. And I read this and I thought, I'm trying to make it perfect. I am not trying to perfect it. Is that, have I got that right? That's exactly right, right? It's a totally different pronunciation. It's, it's perfect, not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, that's in your control, right? You can control your action of working to perfect something. That is something you can have. Perfect is an ideal. It's non-existent, right? It's this total imaginary thing. Because even what the imagined perfect for right this second could be, the world's constantly changing. You're changing. Everyone around you is changing. So it, it wouldn't stay that perfect state. You'd have to keep going. Yeah. And I, I think so many of us deal with this, deal with this, you know, it, it's got to be perfection. Not we've got to perfect it to, to, to get it off the ground even. <laughs> right. And that's, I think that's where some people could get turned off on that lower your bar concept of... Yeah. Look, it's not the same as lowering your standards. It's actually raising your standards of what you can and will accomplish because it gets you started. Stop freezing. Stop the paralysis part of the analysis. Do some analysis. And it's, it's not about making the perfect decision. It's about making the decision and then perfecting it. Yeah. Right? Just commit. You've done a lot of analysis. You have five good options. Now pick the one you're going to make great mm -hmm. as opposed to just sitting and, and ruminating. You also touched um, a minute or two ago about knowing our own value and yeah. talking about your value. And, and I'd love you to tell Dave the handyman story because it, it is something we, we all do. And we all do in this business. You know, yeah. I, I know. And you tell, you tell Dave the handyman story and I'll tell you my canvas story. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So 
When I first got married, we moved into a new condo and it was in Midtown Atlanta and there are kind of streetlights outside our window and we just had blinds and they just, it, it seemed like daylight in our bedroom at night. So the answer obviously is get blackout curtains. Okay. So we buy them and then I go to install the, the curtain rack and put them all up and just make a total mess. Like just trash the wall. Nothing gets installed. It's a total mess. Wife's not happy with me. So my father-in-law's in town because of the wedding. And my dad's there. I said, hey, guys, can you help me get this done? I'm like, sure, sure. So we go spend hours trying to do it and just make a bigger mess and, and accomplish nothing. And my dad's a pediatric cardiologist. My father-in-law is a, a product designer who owns his own firm. And I'm a McKinsey consultant that's billing at you know 100K a week or McKinsey's <laughs> billing me at 100K a week. And so it, not a good use of any of our time. So finally, I go down to the, the concierge building and say, hey, do you have any recommended handyman? They give me Dave's number, call him up, comes on Monday. And within 10 minutes, he gets it all up. It looks perfect. I was like, hey, while you're here, can you fix our garbage disposal? That's broken. He's like, yep. Two minutes later, that's done. I'm like, oh man, this is going to cost me a fortune. This guy's done so much. Dave, I go to get the checkbook. How much is this? He said, ah, 20 bucks will cover it. <laughs> 20 bucks. I just pull it out of my pocket and I'm like, Dave, I, I promise you right now, I'm never going to do anything myself around the house again. And I mean, he, he painted our house. He, he did everything, right? Like our dog loved him, became his best friend. Dave was there all the time, anything we needed. And it made me realize, so right now, if I was to go mow a lawn, I am worth less than somebody who actually does that. And that's not very much, right? Like maybe it's 15 bucks an hour or something. But most people can't run rented. Most people can't go write a book. There's certain things that I can do that are highly valuable, but it doesn't mean my time's always worth that. It depends what I'm doing. And so if I don't value my time and then put it into what's valuable, and there could be time like today we were talking about, I'm, I'm going to my daughter's school. There's no price on that. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody could call and say, hey, I want to pay you $1,000 for right now to spend. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to my daughter's school. That's priceless. That's not a thing that's going to happen. But really being thoughtful about it instead of just defaulting to, oh, well, this person values me at this. So that must be what my value mm -hmm. is. Well, no, <laughs> maybe they're overvaluing you. Maybe they're undervaluing you. But unless you do the analysis for yourself, you'll never know. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I, it's a similar story. My, my husband was 35 years in the UK military and he was an expert. At, uh, he was a navigator. So he flew okay. many, oh. many, many, many flying hours on different aircraft. But his specialism was air to air refueling. So he, he taught air to air refueling. During the Falklands War, he taught the Vulcan. Wow pilots how to do the air to air refueling and did the and then he flew in the in desert storm he struggles to do anything around the house <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know it's exactly what you just said you know um but he will try and he's done that you know tried to get um, a curtain rail up and you know three days later it fell down and <laughs> We and my my mother used to have this phrase. It was it was she called it the gammy principle. Get a man in. <laughs> you know, get. I mean, that's a little sexist. But <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, we're talking out there. We're talking about forty years ago. Okay, fifty years <laughs> right, ago, right, right. when my mother was talking about the gammy principle. Okay, it could be gappy. All right, get a person in. <laughs> <laughs> get a person in. There we go. Um, but uh, but yes, that that that's exactly it. And I some you know we undervalue what we what we do so well and then you know 
beat ourselves beat ourselves up because we can't do things that other people do well. Right. And I've done this myself, and I think many people do this in this industry when they 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 tr you know they're trying to cut corners, save some money, and they'll spend three days working on a Canva design when a designer from Fiverr will do it in half an hour. Right, and where could that time have gone? And yes. where could that time have gone? Yeah, yeah. it's. And I think that yeah. I think that's important. You know, it's something like you know, um, let's talk about rented. You know, <laughs> you can do manual work on pricing and revenue management, but there's some great companies out there who can do it. And yes, it's going to cost you money, but you, you've then freeing up your time to go and do the stuff that you that is valuable for you. Yeah. A hundred percent. And this is what your value is, right? Like what, back to Victor Frankl, what is your why? Why are you doing this job in the first place? Is it, I just love the guest experience side. Well, okay. Then how much time can you put into focusing on that? Because doing all the research on what your comp set is and how the rates are changing and how the demand's changing, probably not helping on guest experience. So even if you were great at it, is that where you want to spend time? There's a separate piece of, you might not be great at it, just like me and your husband on housework. Like, not only do I not enjoy it, but I'm also terrible at it. So that's a really <laughs> bad combination. Um, there are other things that I do enjoy and I am good at. Can I put more of my life into those? And so that that is very much what rented, but any kind of software or service provider, it's, it's that, right? If it's something that you are very good at and you love doing, do it, right? Put your time into that. that. That's great. This is your job. This is your company. Put your time where you want it. But if it's not those things, even if you love it, but you're not very good, you're still better served getting out of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not great at it, but maybe I can learn by getting people who are good at it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can put less time in it and be more effective because I have these tools that are allowing me to do a better job, right? Like you're, you're say, Canva is spending three days doing it. Well, without Canva, how long would it have taken? So Canva, we, we took it down from a week to three days. Like that got better. Could have been even better if I just paid somebody 30 bucks on Fiverr and got something better than what I can do myself. You know, their grades, their gradations. So it's just back to so much else of this make it a conscious choice. I mean, you have the ability to not just slip into what you've done in the past or what mm -hmm. the easy thing is, because rarely is what seems easy because you just defaulted into that choice actually easier long-term. Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. Back to the book, throughout the book, there's all sorts of exercises. It's not just a a sit there and read um, inactively. There is some great stuff to do. The one exercise I picked out, which which you call uh, bridging the gap, and I really like that because that, I mean, you, you can describe it, but it starts by identifying five core values that that you believe you hold, and then you, you take it forward and just explain what that exercise is about. Yeah, it, it's an exercise I wish almost they taught in school, right? That so few people, and I didn't do it till I was in my 30s, think about what their personal values are, mm -hmm. right? How many people have actually gone through that exercise and say, hey, what are my true values? And 
it's one thing to go put platitudes, right? Oh, we all value fairness and justice and equality, like blah, 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 right? But then how do you live it? And if you have one value that entirely is against another one of, I love structure, but I love flexibility. Like, well, you're gonna be pretty unhappy a lot of the time because you're gonna be completely pushing against one of those two values with how you live your life. And so really thinking through what you value versus what you think you should value, what maybe you were raised to value, but maybe you don't value the same, maybe what you think society wants you to value, but you don't value, really thinking through those values. And then tracking yourself to say, okay, am I living a life that's upholding those? And so that bridging the gap exercise is really starting a value at a time saying, okay, here's this thing that I truly, truly value. Are my actions living up to my value of that? Am I being true to myself and my values with what I'm doing? And where you're not, it takes you through the steps of really digging in. Okay, well, what what was it specifically that I did or said or didn't do that meant that I wasn't living up to this value? Were there other times where this value was put to the test and I, I did uphold it? And what was different that time? How was I able to do it? What can I mm-hmm. learn from that experience to start applying when this kind of thing comes up again? Because, I mean, I, I've had this problem you know, back to the Shakespeare, the Hamlet, know thyself and, and everything. It's very hard to know yourself divorced from all the context of how you were raised, of the society in which you live, of the business you may work in. And until you're able to really see yourself as your own entity, mm-hmm. it you don't know the answers to so many of these questions and you can end up doing things for all the wrong reasons. You, you think they're the right things, but they're, you're still not happy because they're not your right things. There's some other definition of right. Yeah, this exercise was super important to me. There's lots of others. You use an acronym, REST, Recognize, Exert, Stop, and Track, and there's an exercise that, uh, that, that follows that through as well, plus exercises on time and managing your calendaring. time. Calendaring. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there, there is just so much in this, Andrew. You worked hard on it. Sorry. What, Thank you. What were you, what were you well, I was going to say, we actually, if for anybody who does, uh, who pre-orders, if you go on the site, you can actually access a workbook. So mm-hmm. even though the book's not out, you go pre-order, you, you can put it that in and you get a downloadable workbook that has all these exercises. It's, you know, a 40 something page workbook on its own with the structures, with the visuals, with, with all of the, the workbook component. So many people get these kinds of books. Right, and they they read one, they put it down, they go to the next one, but they didn't change anything. Mm-hmm. No, nothing. They, great, and and I think I I quote GI Joe of knowing's half the battle. Well, yeah, but fifty percent is zero percent if it's not implemented, mm-hmm. and so the other half is actually doing something with it, and that's why they have these exercises of hey, don't don't just jump to the next thing, like. Let's take this chapter and let's let's work through these exercises and start putting this into practice in my life. Am I seeing differences before I move to the next thing? Because it's it's not just about knowing it. You know, uh, Shannon Lee, the the daughter of Bruce Lee, had the the comment, "Aha moments are great, but <laughs> too often we have them and just move on." Mm-hmm. But no, like how and when and where am I going to start living differently based on what I now know? The other thing is that each chapter has uh, takeaways, and my favorite takeaway, and it's something that you've talked about to me before, 
says if you don't know your own value, you're leaving money and mind on the table. How often have you told me I've been leaving money on the table? <laughs> many, many times. Many yeah. times. <laughs> yeah, when we caught up, I want to say almost exactly two years ago, right? When when um, market opened back and up, back up in 2020, and you said, "Yeah, you know, we fully yes. booked within 72 hours." I said, "Heather, no. <laughs> Why didn't you adjust rate?" She said, "We had no time." I said, "Oh, Heather, we could have helped you with that." I know. Yeah. I know. Yes, 2020 hindsight is great. <laughs> <laughs> right, 2020 hindsight exactly. You you didn't just get up one morning and say, "I'm going to write a book and sit down and write it." There was a ton of research that went into this you know that that's that's really clear from all the case studies and all the people you've quoted what were the most important things that you learned from from doing all that research yeah i mean the the research one it, there was research tied to the book but it's also a lifetime of research mm-hmm. right i mean i read a lot i study a lot and i have this belief that learning is a very selfish act if you're not doing something to benefit others with it. And so that that very much is my writing, whether it's the Forbes articles or this book of like, okay, I, what can I distill and give new and helpful to people? Uh, but I mean, what I learned was mostly around the structure and the action, right? Of Okay, these practices that I think are starting to become innate for me and, and default, they are new and they are helpful to people. I need to get these out there to help benefit others. And then th- there's a whole separate piece with the, the profiles of when you're writing a book, especially a nonfiction book that's going to profile people, it gives you a great excuse and ability to hang out with really interesting people and get those conversations. Because, you know, hey, I- I'm writing a book. I'd love to have you in it. Well, great. I can get phone calls that I might not otherwise be able to get. So it, it was uh, just fascinating to well, get to you know, to, some of these people. To have Martin Luther King's daughter with a foreword with, with a, a quote in the foreword of the book, I think is pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah. She, Bernice is absolutely a rock. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Okay, what, what else would you like to share about it that perhaps we, we haven't covered before we, before we wrap up here? Yeah, I mean, one thing is just being in this industry, knowing the importance of owner relations and guest relations. I, I do want to offer out, and please reach out to me, if there's interest of doing customized events and and book packages for owners or guests. So you can do customized inserts with signatures entirely around your company, your business. So please, please do reach out if that is of interest. The the website for the book and anything around it is my name, mandrewmcconnell.com. And I'm sure it will be linked in the show notes. But yeah, it will. if you're... Yeah, because certainly... Uh, oh, and there's, there's also the Audible version. You've done that recording already, right? I did, yeah. So recorded the that a couple of weeks ago and should be coming out the same day. Should be June 14th available, uh, the same day as the, the print and the Kindle versions. So did you, yeah, just tell me about the Audible recording. Do you do it at home or do you have to go to studio somewhere? Oh, no, no, no. I had to travel to go to a professional studio and you go through and have to do multiple, you know, it's a, it's a week long exercise. Yeah. Oh, really? Really? I, I mean, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, most of my books are, you know, I, I love, I love physical books, really struggle with Kindle and, you know, cause, 
because I, I, you know, I've got a pen in my hand and and I I mark up everything. But Audible is for the car and hiking yeah. and walking the dog, and so I've I've always been fascinated with with how that's actually done. Yeah, it's you go into the studio and you may have to record a section five times, right? Mm. You go over. I, I there's a day alone set aside for one day after lunch my my stomach was making a lot of noise so we had to go re-record a bunch of sections because you could hear my stomach as we're <laughs> as i'm reading the book it, that that doesn't fly it was very much in the now though <laughs> yeah, it was very much in the now yeah oh, that is great so the book um the book is published on um june the 14th and where can people get it from everywhere so i and the the default is obviously Amazon. The site links to all of them. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, any local. So all the bookshops in Bermuda are ordering it and have it here. So it's it's literally anywhere um, books are sold. You can order it if they don't already have it in stock. Well, I'm when it comes out, I'm going to go out to my bookstores and see if I can find it and take okay. take yeah, a photograph of it. So <laughs> I'm you know I I sort of fangirl stuff going on here. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it, Heather. <laughs> you know, I'm 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 really uh, you know really impressed with what you've done. Love the book and just recommend it to anybody that's that's listening. And as as Andrew said, you can pre-order right now and download the workbook off the website. So um, everything will be on the show notes. Go to the show notes and do that. And uh, let me know what you think and how it's impacting your business because I know it's going to start impacting mine very very shortly. Andrew, as ever, it's an absolute pleasure to talk with you. And I think we'll do this. We'll come back maybe, um, you know, round about the end of June so we can have our six monthly chat and really go in perhaps into a little bit more depth on, on yeah. some of the things that we touched on today, because I do like to have a full episode on that. So folks listening, you will hear from Andrew again in just a few weeks time. Um, but for now, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Heather. Thank you so much, Andrew McConnell of Rented.com for sharing your expertise and explanations of some parts of, of the book, Get Out of My Head. I loved it. I really do. Um, I am going to, uh, I will have the published copy. I will have the audio version and I'll probably download it on my Kindle as well. So I have it everywhere I go. It's one of those books you can dip into and out of at any time. You know, you don't have to read it chapter by chapter. I thought a neat idea would be just to say, okay, on that day, I'm going to read this chapter on perfectionism, um, do the exercises. And that, that's really important that you get those exercises done as well. That makes the business work. Okay, I'm, I'm done for this week. I would like to thank you so much for, for listening as ever. There's some great material coming up, some great interviews. And Jody Bourne and I are going to be doing some extra material on marketing. And and of course, you know, we've I keep mentioning the course that I'm doing with Jody, uh, the Vacation Rental Formula Business School. And we are going to be talking in that about everything that you have to do to get your business up and running. Just been talking to Andrew, in fact, about including a copy of his book for our students, because I think it's really important that anybody going into this business does it 
with the right approach. And that stoic approach is definitely the one that I would endorse. So you're going to be hearing more of that over the next, uh, the next few weeks. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting me in your ear across the board, <laughs> whether you're hiking or, or uh, on a, in, in the car or doing a changeover at a property or in the air. It is a pleasure and an honour that I get to be talking to you. So let me know if you've got any comments on this episode. Um, go to the show notes if you want to hear more about the book, if you want to do your pre-order, and I'll be with you again next week. Thanks again for listening to this episode brought to you by Beyond. For more information and to connect with the Beyond team, visit vacationrentalformula.com forward slash beyond, or simply click the link in the description section of this episode on your smart device. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.